This is Signal 337, the podcast for the innately curious and creative. Hey friends, this is Tim McKenna and this is another episode of Signal 337. You know, lately I've been thinking a lot about my career. I've been thinking about the trajectory it has taken. I've been thinking about the past and where I have come up from to where I am at now. And I've been thinking about all of the different considerations and variables that have led to where I am currently at in my career, in my life. And something that, honestly, I have thought about a lot lately in the last several years but what I could have done a much better job when I first started out in my career is think about the responsibility, the obligations, and the ethics of the work that I do. Now, I don't think that I have done anything super unethical in my career, but I could have done a much better job about thinking about the work that I do in the context and the the effect that it has on the industry and the people that are viewing my work. And I've thought a lot about that. And this is kind of a gut check inflection point for me. (coughs) So I want to talk a little bit about ethics and responsibilities that we have as designers in the industry. And I'm going to talk about a few things that I think we need to have a discussion on and where I feel there are areas for us to improve as an industry, as a community. And this might get a little like biased with the way that I think about things. You know, you can take it or leave it. I am not going to be super crazy about it, but just some things that I have been thinking a lot about and checking my own thoughts on things. So let's just get into why we're going to talk about this today. So when I started in my career, I was a graphic designer. And when I left Philadelphia to come back to central Pennsylvania, I was still doing a lot of graphic design work and I was doing a lot of like interaction work as well. When I first came back to the area here, I was doing a number of jobs. I was working full time at a magazine. I was also working at a healthcare nonprofit as well as freelancing for a local printer who had started up a digital publishing platform. And all my friends thought I was just like crazy with the amount of work that I was doing. I was probably working like 60, 70 hour weeks. And, you know, I was a lot younger and I had a lot of energy to do so. Plus, I was highly motivated to really push myself and to get into the industry in this area. Because unlike a larger city like New York or Philly, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, D.C., You know, this area's design industry, the community here, is a lot smaller. There's not as many jobs, and the jobs that are here demand you to be a lot more of like an octopus. You have to have your hands and do a little bit of everything. So it's a little bit difficult for me to kind of come from a larger city and come back to a more rural setting where the demands were like you had to know all these different things so you can even get your foot in the door. So I was working a lot, and 
I was doing a lot of work from advertising and article layout to um, continuing medical education course layout and working with in-house marketing for events and initiatives with the healthcare nonprofit that I worked with. And I was also doing like digital ads and a lot of um, action script development for the digital platform. And never really once did I think about the work that I was doing in the moment and think about the context of the work that I was doing. For the most part, everything was like advertising. And I was creating ads for landscaping companies, for pet care companies, for a ton of restaurants and jewelry companies and, and things like that. A lot of local small businesses with a few large organizations thrown in every once in a while that would have bought like a full page ad or something like that. And I didn't have to think too much. <laughs> That's a great way to start that off. I didn't have to think too much. I mean, really, I didn't think about the work as anything mind-blowing design-wise. I didn't think about it. I was creating ads to help sell more sandwiches and buy more necklaces and, and stuff like that. I didn't think beyond the local effect there. And maybe the uh, conflict of interest of developing and designing ads for two different competitors in the same marketplace, maybe that crossed my mind every once in a while, and I would hand those off to like an intern or somebody else at the magazine that would do that. But for the most part, I didn't really think about the work that I was doing. I was just trying to make my boss happy and you know do the right thing so I can get my uh, my paycheck and go home and pay the bills. And, you know, life was good. I didn't have to worry about things. There was nothing to worry about. That was until I went to our end-of-the-year celebration. We would hand out a bunch of awards to people, basically who bought a shit ton of ads that year. And everyone in the area absolutely loved to have these little plaques that said that they were um, simply the best or reader's choice or something like that. And, you know, it was just basically an advertiser's, like, party, pretty much. And I would go because I was staff, and it was fun. And I got to meet a lot of my advertisers. I got to meet a lot of the organizations and the companies that I represented that weren't in the same light of like, hey, I need this ad. Can you develop this for me? So I got to meet and talk with a bunch of people. And I would say for the vast majority of folks that I, I worked with, they were great, honest, hardworking, small business owners that were just trying to you know, grow their business and they had no ulterior motives. They had no, they had no issues with the community at large, but there were a few, there were a few that I met who made me take pause about the kind of people that they were and the kind of work that they do and how they were more of a detriment to the area. <laughs> Oddly enough, most of them were law firms. So I got to speak with some of these organizations, these companies at this, at this, you know, interesting event. Everyone's inhibitions and guards were down. And I got to learn a little bit more about the people that I was designing ads for. And it honestly left a sour taste in my mouth. I was like, I don't feel comfortable designing an ad for this one law firm who's had, you know, 10 complaints in the last year for discriminatory practices. 
that did not sit well with me. And that's when I started kind of passing off more and more of the ads to internal folks. And I just focused on layout and everything else. But really, I was just passing the buck. I didn't feel good about the work that I did. And this started to precipitate into the rest of my work as a graphic designer working in marketing and communications, where we were just really chasing the buck instead of really thinking about the work at hand and the context and the value that it was bringing. It just, it didn't sit right with me. And that all culminated around the same time where I started thinking about my career and moving more into product design, user experience. And it was right around 2012 is when I made that switch over into more of the technology space, user experience, and product development space in general. So I left advertising and I thought, okay, advertising in and of itself can be a very murky field to work within. You have to have a lot of ethical responsibilities if, to do it well, but a lot of the areas that I was working in, I just did not feel super comfortable and I, I wanted to get out of it. I did not like where I was going with that part of the design industry. So I thought, okay, technology, great. It's going to be way more um, equitable. Oh, I was so naive. Now, I worked in a lot of highly bureaucratic industries, education, healthcare, and um, just a lot of technology in general. And then I also worked also in government. And there was a lot of areas where I felt, okay, you know, we have to get this right. You know, we can't be exclusive. We can't be um, discriminatory. Like, there's real-world consequences for this stuff if we don't do it correctly. And I was very naive in thinking that that's fine. You know, these will all be netted out. This is somebody else's responsibility to make sure that what is being put out is correct. And I abdicated that responsibility a bit. Again, because I just wasn't aware. And that squarely falls back on me. I should have been more aware. I should have been more aware because reading a lot of articles and news about ethics in design, the ethical practices and the responsibilities that we have as designers to make sure that the products and services that we are building is helpful, is inclusive. Those are the things that I was reading a lot about, but then in my own work, I was thinking about, am I actually doing this? I think back to when I first was introduced to Mike Montero. Mike Montero, for those of you who don't know, he's one half of Mule Design. Um, his, his better half, Erica Hall, um, I'd say better half, uh, she's an equal partner in crime and um, maybe less abrasive than Mike is at times. Um, Mike is known for being very uh, brusque and doesn't beat around the bush. And when I was first introduced to who he was, it was through the very infamous Creative Mornings video, Fuck You, Pay Me. And I absolutely loved this video. Not because of the shock rock quality that he has to some of his presentations. Um, that's actually very much the least of it. It was very much like waking designers up to the fact like you work in a business. You work 
in a, an organization, like your work has value, you need to protect yourself, you need to be able to do things correctly. And the whole Creative Mornings talk talked about making sure that you're getting paid and that you need to make sure that people aren't taking advantage of you. And stop letting people take advantage of you because it's making it harder for everybody else in the industry to be seen as a professional. And sure, you know, his brazen style is a turnoff for a lot of people. I find it fucking awesome because it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty clear. And Mike does not hide any of his emotions about things. That is perfectly clear if you follow him on Twitter. And Erica Hall, just as much, is just as open and maybe a bit more eloquent, but is definitely looking at designers as professionals and how can we improve the way that we work as as designers. And one of the things that they have put together was the designer code of ethics, the designer's code of ethics. And this has come out from a lot of work that both Mike and Erica have have done and Mike in particular is definitely flying this flag and marching forward with the fact that as designers we have an intrinsic responsibility and obligation to not destroy the fabric of society that seems to have been lately been tearing at the threads a bit. He has an article that he talks about where it's called like the you know, Designer's Lost Generation. And he's talking about the responsibility that we have as professionals to make sure that the work that we're doing is understood. We understand the audience. We understand that we're creating for people and that we are responsible for the work that we put out. And we cannot abdicate that responsibility to somebody else. He's got a really good article about it on their website, and it came out in 2017. And I'm not going to go into every single part of the article, but I'll just go through the list of the, the designer uh, designer's code of ethics. Um, so a designer is first and foremost a human being. You know, we are people living and breathing with our own faults and frailties and our own strengths and weaknesses. And we have to be cognizant of that when we're looking at other designers, we're looking at other work, we're looking at ourselves. A designer is responsible for the work that they put out into the world. Absolutely. I think about the ads that I was creating earlier on in my career and thinking about the work that I was doing in, in healthcare, in government, and thinking about the wording and the approach, the, the actual usability. Was I doing all those things correctly? Was I thinking about the work and how people are going to use it? Because even though I don't work in those industries anymore, they still exist. People still use them. And I have a responsibility to make sure that the work that I do create is good. Third thing here is the designer values impact over form. And I really love this one because it takes the responsibility beyond just, am I doing the best craft work? And thinks about, am I doing the work that is necessary to make an impact? This goes beyond just the doing of design. 
and more about the how and the why of design. The impact of the work that we do is immediately felt. And if you're doing good work, objective work, you are creating an impact, creating some sort of action. I have many times said in the past that art is subjective, design should be objective. Objective design pushes people to take some sort of action. Sure, you can look at design subjectively, you might have a you know, thought process or something, and that's totally fine. It goes back to designers being human, but good design does something. It motivates people to do something. But you gotta think about the design that you're creating, the work that you're doing. Is it motivating people to do the right thing? Is it doing something that's helpful, that's good? So you have to think about the impact over the form. A designer owes the people who hire them not just their labor, but their counsel. So again, this really ties into impact over form. Your employers are looking to you to do the best work. And sometimes they get in their own way. Sometimes they need a bit of counseling themselves to make sure that they are focusing on the right work. It's incredibly easy inside of technology just to optimize and think about how can we get more people to do the same thing over and over again. And this is where Mike really follows the destructive pattern of social media. Designers creating these platforms, did they stop and think about how this is going to be used and abused? And it's our responsibility as designers to work with our counterparts in other disciplines and engineering and and marketing and other areas and our business owners to make sure that we are creating systems, technologies, services, ads, products, whatever it is that we're creating, we have thought about the impact of the work. Designer loves criticism, welcomes criticism. And it's necessary. It's an absolute necessary part. And not just criticism of just the craft, like, oh, make the logo bigger or make this blue. That is bullshit. But thinks about, and it's a gut check. Are you really meeting the objective? Are you really thinking about the ways that you make this inclusive? Are you thinking about how this can be used as a tool for destruction versus creation? A designer strives to know their audience. We all hear this in user experience, and I think that it's a tenant and it's a, it's a route mantra that we say we need to understand our audience, we need to understand them. But to really, truly understand our audience means looking out beyond the people that look like us because you are not your only user of your product. You may not be the user at all of, your, of the product that you design for. So you need to really understand everyone who actually would use your product, your service, your brand. You have to really understand them to get an understanding of how you can design something for them. And you have to push outside of your comfort zone and interact with people that you normally wouldn't. And that is where you can get some really great insights and make sure that what you're creating is ethical, is something that's responsible. This goes into the next one here, where a designer does not believe in edge cases. 
So you think about like the bell curve of like, you know, majority users and you've got those two very fringe edges and the idea that there's only going to be certain users, power users or, you know, nonchalant casual users that you may not have to design for. And you really have to think, well, no, because then we're marginalizing them. Like they're not our main use case. Let's not worry about them. Let's only worry about the area, the audience that's going to make us the most money. And this can be hard for a lot of organizations to think about because then, oh, let's, we have to design for everything under the sun. Well, no. If you are thinking about your product and service from a responsible, ethical perspective, then creating something that everyone can use regardless of their capability, regardless of their usage, that creates a better product for everybody. A designer is part of a professional community. And this is not to mean particularly like, oh, you pay dues and you're, you have a membership in you know, AIGA or Interaction Design Foundation or you know, any of the, the large design you know, orgs. That does not mean that. We're talking about an industry. We're talking about the actual community of workers that all find design as their field of practice. And you have to think about the obligations that you have to them as well, the work that you're doing that will affect them. And you think about the work and you think about the approach and how you're going to put stuff out into the world and how this elevates our industry, how this elevates our community. And unfortunately, we have a lot of bad actors, assholes. We have a lot of unsavory characters in the design industry that are doing us a disservice. And you think about some of those, like what I'm going to call blatantly evil organizations. I think about like Philip Morris and how they have made and peddled cigarettes for decades upon decades. And, you know, could you be a designer and feel good about your work working there? What about working at a pharmaceutical company? Eh, we're starting to get a little bit more gray area there. But if you worked for Purdue and we're helping to create the advertising marketing machine around OxyContin, you know, how much of that responsibility relies on everyone else in the whole machine how much of it then lays on you as the designer you know thinking about that you know you can start to think about some gray areas but really did you do the best that you could to to provide counsel did you think about those things so when we are looked at as an entire industry we are going to be judged on some of the worst atrocities committed by members of our industry. So we have to think about the community at large and push for an industry that is doing good. A designer welcomes diverse and competitive field. Yeah, to be a designer and to be only thinking about just your experience or thinking about the experiences of people just like you, with the same background, the same education, the same um, capabilities, the same privileges, to think only in that term is such a narrow and just exclusionary viewpoint that 
anyone else who would use products or services built only by those all carbon copy clones of each other, of course it's not going to work. Also, beyond it just not going to work, it's not right. It's not something that helps to push forward our society. It's not something that helps to push forward our work. So absolutely, we need to really espouse and fight for and advocate for a diverse and competitive field of experiences, of backgrounds, of viewpoints, and the the more diverse, the better, because we can then build things that are actually usable, that are meaningful, that do really good work and do good for the world. And then lastly, a designer takes time for self-reflection. We all need to have that time to sit back and think about the work that we're doing and think about where we want to go and think about our effects on our audiences, you know, the work that we're doing and the effect of the work that we do with our colleagues. Now, I might be sounding super altruistic and just pie in the sky, you know, let's try to do the best thing in the world and do the good world thing, but we kind of need that. We really do. We can't just think of our work as we're putting in our thinking and our knowledge and we're just going to get a paycheck with that very transactional mentality because then really your job can be taken over by a machine because then what's the point? If you're not putting your counsel, if you're not putting your thoughts and building ethical scenarios and having those responsibilities and obligations to do the right thing, then we are no better than machines. And if you look at the state of artificial intelligence and machine learning right now, with facial recognition and other areas of application, it's not doing the greatest. So it's important that we look at our work and our responsibility and the craft that we do more than just how well we do it, but the impact of the work that we do. So I think a lot about this because it's been a a guiding light in my career in the last eight years. As I made that switch over into UX from advertising and marketing and have really thought about the work that I do, I think a lot about the audience. I think a lot about my own biases. I think about a lot of my own privileges. And I think about the responsibility I have to make sure that I am holding myself accountable and holding others accountable in the work that they're doing as well. Now, again, I'm not trying to sound like a altruistic social justice warrior for the sake of being a altruistic social justice warrior, but I'm thinking about the future and the kind of culture and society that we want to have. And maybe this is just going to go back to my naivete, but, you know, I think about a future that everyone can enjoy. How did we get there? How did we lay those foundations and the brickwork to build that society and that culture where everyone can be enjoying the fruits of, of our labors? Whether it's in certain products that we build that make people's lives easier, whether it's in 
um, the different services that are available and, you know, the ethical and uh, responsible advertising that, that we do. You always want to have this conversation around like personal responsibility versus the responsibility of the people creating the work. And you cannot have the personal responsibility that people need to take on their own without making sure that the work that we're doing is helping to set an equitable foundation. And I think a lot about this in regards to like alcohol advertising and uh, sports betting applications. Everyone wants to look at, well, if you're a drunk or if you're a gambler, like that's on you. Well, yeah, okay, I can understand that viewpoint. But when you are designing and building services that feed into someone's addiction, that is not the fair and equitable and ethical place to be at. You know, if someone is going to do those things, then okay. But if you're helping to feed into the addiction to make a buck, that's not the right place to be. That's stacking the deck in the wrong direction. And that is helping to create discord. And this is what pulls at the threads of society. And really, when you think about the work that we do, we have an absolute obligation to improve the society that we live in. Someone might think that I'm being overly dramatic with this idea of society and ethical responsibility, but I am harking back to some of the work that Mike has put out about people on Facebook that have been outed because of friends and the platform allowing certain information to be shared to their parents that have now disowned their child because they identified differently from what they thought that their child identified with their sexual identity. I think about John Chariot's, you know, amazing article that came out years ago called about how bad UX killed Jenny and using electronic health records that were incredibly shitty in their design and information architecture that ended up misinforming a bunch of nurses about how to care for a person in a hospital who ended up dying because the information wasn't updated, the the design of the system didn't enable to help provide the best care. And these are real-world scenarios that are happening because systems were designed in place and were not thought about how they can be ethically you know, used. And the responsibility that companies who hire designers to create these systems, you know, how they are thinking about the use of these things. So that's why it's important that we value the impact of our work over form. That's why it's important that we also counsel our employers and make sure that we help them understand how these systems can be utilized. And this is why we also look towards criticism and having critiques of our work to gut check ourselves. So this is something that I've been thinking a lot about, as I've said many times. And it's something that, like I said, has been a guiding light and a principle for me as I've been looking in 
my career and what path I'm going to be taking. Every place that I've worked at in the last several years, I think about the impact of their work and how I can help to make that work great for everybody. Not just for like, you know, 20 VCs sitting around a room who's going to give us like $20 million, but thinking about the actual audience we're going to use these things. It's why I loved working in healthcare technology, building services that are going to help type 1 diabetics manage their blood sugar levels better. Looking at how government services can help people actually get information and do the tasks that they need to do whether it's for applying for unemployment, getting a driver's license, or setting up their small business. So it's important to think about the ripple effect of your work because it has real-world effects. The work that we create actually affects the world. And when you think about that, that puts us in an amazing place in society to be able to do work that is meaningful And it takes a lot of responsibility on our ends to do it correctly. So with that, I want to ask you, do you think that there are ways that we can be more ethical and responsible in our work? What does that look like? Is it just up to the individual personally to think about it? Maybe we revive the conversation around certifications for designers and taking the model that Project Management Institute has with the PMBOK guide and the exams to be able to have certified designers that meet a certain level of quality and understanding and ethical practices. Maybe we go there, maybe we don't. I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. And again, with everything that I say as I talk about my past and everything, these are all reflections and these are all my thoughts on things. They are not indicative of my past employers and my past or current employers. And everything, again, is from my purview for everything. So with that, I really look forward to the conversation. You can hit me up on Twitter. You can hit me up on LinkedIn. I am now on the Anchor FM platform. So if you happen to have a membership on there, you can definitely message me through there. And with all of that, thank you so much.